Hello and welcome everybody to our 10-week meditation program. My name is Venerable Tarpa and I'm your meditation instructor for the day. Uh, before we begin class, let's take a moment to appreciate our handsome and kind community gathered here today. And it is a beautiful turnout today. It's uh, June, it's a Sunday. I think it's the first Sunday of June actually. And, um, <clears throat> and we got a nice, big, beautiful turnout. Today I feel fortunate to sit as a member of this kind community in the safety and security of like-minded friends, sharing this present moment with others dedicated to the cultivation of goodness. Today, I'm grateful for the direction and support that this community provides, a community worthy of my time and commitment, a community where my efforts have purpose and are appreciated. Today, I'm thankful for this community of awakening, a place to gain the knowledge and skills to improve my life, a family, a home, and a sanctuary for all of us seeking refuge from the storm. And let's remember, as conscientious practitioners, we must recognize our responsibility to the world, to strive to live skillfully while helping others to do the same, to strive to live in balance and harmony with nature and others, to strive to gain mastery over our minds and embody our true benevolent nature, to expand our hearts and minds, transcending our shared human limitations, to not intentionally harm sentient life or our planet, and to maturely accept and embrace the reality of our situation while striving to improve it. <clears throat> Again, welcome to today's class, which will begin our fourth week of our 10-week meditation program. Whoa, it's just whizzing on by. In today's class, we're going to learn uh, the practice of mindfulness. But first, let's review a little bit of what we learned in our last class. In our last class, class three, we learned the four classic meditation positions of sitting, standing, lying, and walking. And we actually learned an additional position of kneeling. Um, I was wondering if everybody had a chance to practice the four positions. I was surprised that in our chat rooms, we didn't have a lot of chat about people's experiences. And I was wondering if I'm not encouraging everybody enough to practice. Remember this 10 week meditation program, if you wanna get something out of it, you, you know, it's all about the effort you put in. And also remember that all the techniques are built upon the last technique. So it's important that you engage in the practices, especially the practices coming up, if, that you engage in them, you get each level down so you can adapt to the next level well. So as far as the four positions go, what did you guys think of them? Did you have a chance? Usually people are all raving about walking meditation, like it's the newest, coolest thing they've learned. What'd you guys think? <clears throat> yes, Haley. Hi, I tried yesterday the walking meditation and I found that it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> uh, I had a hard time uh, coordinating my breath uh, and my steps, uh, but... Um, I think um, it's going to be okay with a little more practice. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, that when you 
focus on your walking, all of a sudden you realize that you're, you don't really know how you walk, right? Usually we just walk through habit. We don't think about it. And when you put awareness to it, sometimes it starts to become a little unnatural. And even you feel a little clumsy or off balance. The secret is uh, don't apply it too strongly. You know, think about having an intensity knob and you're just, you're applying it very gently at first and slowly give your time, give yourself time to get used to it. And you'll find that uh, it gets easier, but you're right. It's a little weird at first. That's why we give you a week to practice it. You know, all of these meditations, you can't do them once and, and, and evaluate them. You have to practice them for a while. Thank you, Haley. Clayton? I had some difficulty. I had some difficulty with the kneeling, um, but I think that's just because of my age and you know my bones and things like that. But um, but I enjoyed the walking meditation. I actually enjoy the meditating lying down the best. Um, but even when you're doing the the daily meditations, um, I, I turn my camera off because a lot of times I will lie back in the chair that I sit in um, because it's actually uh, that tends to work best for me. So. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for giving them a try. I can't do the kneeling one either. It's really tough for me. Yeah. yeah. Sangpo and Sangmo? Yeah, the, the kneeling one's very just because of my knee. Um, so I didn't even really try that one, but I did try the lying down one one night when I was back home from work. I tried and I found it um, difficult, but I didn't want to fall asleep, so I was trying to avoid that. Um, but I found the um, the walking one uh, was the one that I had actually tried and the difficulty I had was the high street was very busy. It was very sunny, a lot of tourists, and I'm walking towards them all. So it was very diff. I just find it very hard um, to do that. I didn't have a nice, quiet, solitude walk or anything like that. Um, you definitely have to pick the right environment. You're right. Yeah. I'm going to try that again. But the standing meditation, I've got a couple options this week that I'm going to try on a lunch break. So, yeah, I definitely use that for my lunch break just to take 10 minutes just to meditate. And also try the strolling or, or uh, the uh, pacing meditation. Maybe you have a, a long room or a hallway in the house. And you, so that one's great. You can, you know, do that all by yourself in peace and quiet. Thank you, Sanko. Ian. Actually, strangely, I'm raving about the kneeling uh, because I find sitting cross-legged on the floor for any length of time a bit painful. Again, old age setting in. Um, but uh, the kneeling, I find much more comfortable, especially if I put the cushion between uh, on top of my legs and That's then right. place my buttocks on top of it. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and again, that's why we're, we teach the various positions, because just like all our minds are different, all of our bodies are different. So some people just love it, right? There's another one that I didn't share that somebody reminded me of, where you sit on the floor with your with your legs to the side of you. You ever see kids sit like that? That's a popular one. They sit in a cushion and they bring their legs to the side. I can't do it. Darcy, Tashi? I, I really enjoyed the lying down meditation when I wake up um, because I'm waking up so I'm not gonna fall asleep. And it just <laughs> gives me a really good start to my day. 
um, I've tried the strolling meditation in the house, but my balance isn't so great all the time. So I had to pay more attention to not, not going down. So um, I'm going to try, I haven't tried the walking meditation, but we have a nice backyard. I'm going to still attempt to that, to that one. Definitely. You're, you're right about the strolling meditation. When we walk deliberately and slowly, balance is a really weird thing. I always had issues with that, but you do get used to it. Yeah. yeah. And you have to I'll figure out how you, how you place your feet on the floor. But right. yeah, I'll need a little bit of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll keep working on that. Ursula? Yeah, just very quickly, I find uh, this combination probably between kneeling and the legs to the side really comfortable. But I, I'm oh. cheating because I have a 20 centimeter high yoga cushion. Yeah. So it's really quite high, but it helps me to sit quite straight without any effort. So yeah, I had, I had a friend who did kneeling meditation, but she had this really wide cushion and she turned it on end. So it was like she was kneeling, but she was straight up and she sat on that, like she's sitting on a horse and <laughs> that's how she meditated. So yeah, we all got to find our positions. Thank you, Ursula. That's lovely. Thank you, Tashi. And uh, okay, let's move on to today's class. I'm thrilled that everybody was practicing. You made me so happy. That's, that's what we want to do. You got to practice them if you want to see them if you want to get some benefit. Okay, so uh, let's begin today's teaching by looking at the textbook presentation of mindfulness. <clears throat> Excuse me. As many of you know, uh, today mindfulness is a very popular practice, uh, being widely accepted as a safe and effective method for working with the mind and emotions. Um, its benefits are similar to those of meditation. But in addition, because mindfulness can be applied directly to your everyday activities, it can also enhance our abilities, <clears throat> our interactions, and our experiences. I think it was the oat milk in my coffee. It's giving me a little bit of phlegm. Sorry about that. Um, like meditation, the practice of mindfulness is a method of mental cultivation for the purpose of developing and gaining control over the mind and its processes. Um, mindfulness is something we utilize in every moment, but are rarely aware of it. You've been using and developing it your entire life. From the first step you took as a baby to the first day at school to the first time you kicked a football or your first piano lesson, you've been actively honing your skill of mindfulness. So this should not feel foreign to anyone. Within Buddhism, the term mindfulness refers to both a function of the mind as well as a practice. As a function, mindfulness is simply our ability to focus our attention. It's that, it's that simple and is comprised of two aspects, one of mental awareness and the other one of recollection. Mental awareness is simply the mind's ability, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, mental awareness is simply the mind's ability to focus our attention. 
its opposite being forgetfulness or mindlessness or lack of focus. Whereas recollection is the mind's ability to recall, remember, or keep something in your mind, which can be our values, our intentions, views, aims, and or practice instructions. In meditation, mind, mental awareness allows us to hold our attention on our breath, whereas recollection is what allows us to keep in mind our meditation instruction and to assess and improve our practice. Commonly, mindfulness is ethically neutral, meaning a bank robber can utilize the function of mindfulness just as much as a saint, allowing both to focus fully on their activity and uh, to apply their skills effectively. However, within Buddhism, mindfulness is always a virtuous mindfulness that is directed towards awakening and benefiting others. As a practice, mindfulness is the application and cultivation of a specific type of focused attention, comprised of both presence and introspection. Presence or present moment awareness is to abide as the observing witness to the present moment, without the mind getting lost in thought or thinking of the past and future. To be fully present in the here and now. Whereas introspection, we utilize observation, contemplation, analysis, and evaluation in order to gain insight and understanding into ourselves and our lives. In mindfulness practice, these two aspects allow us to focus our attention on the present moment or behaviors or actions, while also keeping in mind our values, intentions, practice instructions, and how they correlate with our spiritual aims. Let's use the example of playing football. Mindfulness allows us to focus our attention on the ball, other players, and the goal, while also keeping in mind the rules of the game, thus our skill techniques, and plans on how to get the ball past our opponents. As far as the aim of mindfulness, <clears throat> the common aim of mindfulness is to become more consciously engaged in our experiences of life, to become more skillful within our daily interactions, our activities and environment. <laughs> It's to stop living our lives on autopilot, in which we blindly follow habits, patterns, and social conditioning. But most importantly, mindfulness helps us to gain control over our minds and the thinking process. The ultimate aim of mindfulness is, of course, to awaken, to awaken from habitual and mundane existence, and awaken to clarity, understanding, contentment, and joy. In the end, 
What we gain from mindfulness is a freedom of choice. The freedom to choose whether to follow our routine habits or to focus on awareness and become fully present. The freedom to choose to awaken to who and what we truly are. To awaken to our true values, our true potential, and our true nature. So, let's try a little exercise to explain awareness and the mental functions of mindfulness. It's always a little easier to understand stuff when we actually experience them. Okay, so let's begin by getting comfortable. This isn't a meditation. This is just an exercise. <clears throat> and I think you'll like it. It's fun. Okay, so next, I want everyone to focus on my voice. La, 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 la. Can you hear my voice? then you are aware of my voice. This is awareness. And you are currently using mindfulness to focus and hold your awareness upon my voice. Now, can you feel your feet on the floor right now? If you can, then you are aware of that sensation and you are using mindfulness to focus and hold your awareness upon that sensation. Can you feel your breath going in and out? Then you are aware of your breath and you are using mindfulness to focus and hold your awareness on the breath. As we engage in this exercise, you are using mindfulness to actively focus and hold your awareness upon these different sense objects. Now, I want you to use this simple mindfulness practice for the rest of this teaching. <laughs> I'm going to be watching by focusing on my words while occasionally noting listening. You, you do it silently to yourself to keep you present within the teachings, right? So, be, use your mindfulness to keep Keep focused on, on my teachings, and every now and then just say the word listening, and it'll keep you present. It'll keep you there as your mind wanders, right? Later, I'm going to check to see how you're all doing, so you better, you better try. Okay. Um, as for the actual practice of mindfulness, the practice is almost identical to the practice of meditation with both using the same basic technique, the same technique you've learned here so far. You could say that mindfulness is simply meditation when not on the cushion, while engaged with daily life. The practice relies on one unique aspect of the mind, that the mind can only focus on one thing at a time. For although the mind can experience uh, its various senses simultaneously, like seeing, hearing, spelling, and feeling. The mind doesn't have this ability. It can't hold multiple thoughts, concepts, or mental experiences at the same time. You know, you can, you can go to the movies, you can hear and see the movie, you can taste and smell the popcorn, but the mind can't do two things at once, although it can shift back and forth rapidly 
right? Multitasking. This means by placing and holding our attention on an object of mindfulness, it anchors our mind in the present moment. And while doing so, it's impossible for the mind to be anywhere else. Through this practice, we slowly train and habituate the mind to stay present and fully aware. Let's try another little experiment to illustrate my point. I want every, now this is to illustrate the idea that the mind can only entertain one concept at a time. So I want everybody, now do this silently, I want everybody to say the alphabet while simultaneously counting from one to ten. Easy, right? So go ahead. No cheating. I, there's little tricks. Uh, no cheating like going back and forth between them or visualizing one and saying the other. Those are all cheats. I want you to, and, uh, and I'm sorry, you should do this aloud. I want you to say the alphabet while at the same time in your mind count from one to ten. And I have a feeling that nobody's able to do such a thing. It's just, the mind doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So, how did you do? Was anybody was anybody able to do it? I can't do it. No, no, it's just our minds. Yeah. And there's advantages to it. Yes? I was going to say I could start it, but you can't hold it. You know? No, you, could, you can't. Yeah, you just can't hold it. <laughs> you can't. So, um, we use this to our advantage in our practice, right? And um, because when you... When we focus on, uh, especially like in compassion and, and positive qualities, while you're focused on caring for others and helping others, guess what? You can't think about your own problems. It's a trick Buddhism learned a long time ago. It's a trick in the, uh, in the Mahayana tradition with the Bodhisattva, right? So by focusing our attention on others, we can't think about our own miseries. It's it, quite funny, okay. Anyways, another tool, we use extensively in mindfulness is the tool of, no, of noting, which we've been utilizing already in our meditations. But here we're going to utilize it in a much greater degree. When practicing mindfulness with activities, um, we begin by focusing our awareness on our object of mindfulness, we call it, right? So let's use an activity like my favorite is washing dishes we use the example of washing dishes as an example so so imagine this uh, so the aim of the practice is to stay fully present with the activity without the mind wandering into thinking right while washing dishes we become one with the activity by becoming aware of the sights, the smells, the sensations of the experiences. Some may say the idea is you're washing dishes and doing nothing else. You're just washing dishes. So imagine this and you're, you, you keep yourself, uh, so you're, you're noticing the experience, right? The, the smell of the soap, the warmth of the water, the feeling of the plates, and you're not letting yourself fall into thinking. So, you also, at the same time, with the noting, you keep yourself focused by occasionally noting the activity. In this case, every now and then, silently or aloud, you just simply say, 
washing dishes, right? And you could say it as, as, as often as you want, whatever helps. You focus your mind fully and deeply on the activity and on nothing else. Don't think about your day, daily problems, or what's on Netflix after your dishes, right? If your mind starts to wander, bring it back. And again, note the activity by saying washing dishes. Within the experience, objects of meditation, you can use your breath. You can wash dishes and follow your breath. You can uh, focus on your sense experiences like we talked about, the warmth of the water, the smell of the soap, the feeling of the dishes. Or you can also think about, uh, you can use mental or physical interactions within the activity, you know, anything like that. <clears throat> and so you can practice this within any kind of activity in just the same way we talked about here. If you're, uh, uh, well, I'll give you some examples coming up. When practicing, uh, so another way to, to practice mindfulness is with concepts, qualities, or emotions, right? You can practice mindfulness with almost anything. So here again, as an example, you begin by bringing your awareness to your object of mindfulness. In this case, let's use anger for an example. <clears throat> Here, our aim is to stay watchfully present within the emotion, without the mind wandering away into thinking. So when anger arises, we note it and apply introspection to observe yourself and your anger. Look for what triggers it or reduces it, we analyze it. Observe your body. You know, where do you feel the anger? Where, where is its nature? What is its nature? What is its aim? With patience, you can begin to uncover and gain control over it. Through this application, you can use mindfulness to uncover, observe, and work with emotions, habits, patterns, that you deem unproductive, right? So that anger arises and we label it. We, we notice it, we bring our attention to it using mindfulness and we label it anger. And then we look at it and we analyze it and we run through all those questions, right? This is practicing mindfulness. Okay, it's time to check on all of you to see how your mindfulness practice on my teaching is going. Have you been able to stay present with with the activity, with my teaching? Yeah, your mind's not wanting. Well, that's great news for a teacher. Yeah. How about the noting? Have you been trying to say every now and then say teaching? And does it help? Ah, you, you're, you're doing the mindfulness practice. See how easy it is? Some people come to me and they say, I just don't get mindfulness practice. And I say, oh, you're just trying way too hard. Most people overthink it. It's so simple. So if you feel like you're not getting it, I think it's just so simple you're going past it, right? It's a really easy practice. Okay, good job, everybody. Okay, um, now I want to talk about, well, I want to try another example. I like, I like exercises. They're kind of fun. So, um because we're online, we have to visualize this next exercise. This is a very traditional exercise. They do it all the retreats. I've done this a ton of time. 
And uh, but I find we can do it online and just use our imagination. So imagine that we're all that I'm going around and I'm handing out everybody. I'm giving a raisin to each person. Now, if you don't like, it doesn't matter if you like raisins or not. You can imagine a chocolate chip or whatever you want, but it doesn't matter. So I'm giving everybody a raisin. So now, please take a raisin, but don't eat it yet. So we all have a raisin. It could be a big one or a small one. It's up to you. Begin by bringing your full attention to your breath, which will anchor you in the present moment. Meaning when you're focused on the breath, you are in the present moment. And guess what keeps you there? Your mindfulness, right? We just talked about that. Yeah, your mindfulness is what brings your awareness to the raisin, and it's also what keeps your awareness to the raisin. Okay, next, hold the raisin between your fingers and examine it. Try to be fully focused and present. Be one with the raisin, young Jedi, right? Push all thoughts and distractions away and just be one with the experience. Roll the raisin between your fingers and feel it. You are now using mindfulness to direct and hold your awareness on the feeling of the raisin. See, you've already, you're already mastering mindfulness. Notice that when you're fully focused and present on the experience, your mind can't be anywhere else. You're anchored to the experience within the present moment. Next, smell the raisin. How does it smell? I don't like raw raisins myself, so it doesn't smell so good to me. You are now using mindfulness to direct and hold your awareness on the smell of the raisin. Now put the raisin in your mouth but don't chew or swallow it. Taste it and move it around your mouth, but don't chew it. How does it taste? Observe your mind trying to evaluate the experience. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Or are you indifferent to the taste? Or where are they hiding the bag of these raisins because I want more? You are now using your mindfulness to direct and hold your awareness on the taste of the raisin. Now chew it. Do you like it? And now swallow it and feel the raisin passing down your throat into your stomach. Again, you are using mindfulness to direct and hold your awareness to the feeling of the experience. This is an example of a popular practice called mindful eating. When eating mindfully, the aim is to remain fully present throughout the activity while immersing yourself in the experience. Mindful eating is usually done in silence. You begin by placing a moderate spoonful of food in your mouth, You then set the spoon down and bring your full attention to the act of eating. Focusing and bringing your full attention to the taste, to the smell, the feeling and pleasure while being aware of the physical sensation of chewing. After thoroughly chewing your food, you then swallow it, 
focusing on the sensation of the food sliding down your throat. Next, you pick up your spoon and again take another moderate spoonful of food into your mouth and repeat the process. Noting can be applied also periodically saying or thinking, eating as you do. <clears throat> Generally, all mindfulness practices follow this same basic process. And you can choose almost any activity to practice with, right? Literally, anything you can be aware of can be an object of mindfulness. Um, another favorite practice uh, practices are uh, brushing, mindfully brushing your teeth and mindfully showering. So again, the aim is to see if you can remain fully present with the activity. So from picking up the toothbrush, applying the toothpaste, putting it in your mouth, brushing, rinsing, and finally putting down the toothbrush, see if you can maintain your attention fully throughout the activity without the mind wandering into thinking. It's a bit more challenging than you think. When showering, you can do the same. And I, for some reason, I have the greatest trouble with this one. But you, you begin, as soon as you get into the shower, you begin, uh, you become one with the experience. Be aware of the sensations, the feeling of the warm water on your skin, the smell of the soap, the speed and intensity of the way you wash, the pleasure, the purification. And when getting out, you focus on the feeling of the towel drying yourself off, bringing your attention to the feeling of the freshness and rejuvenation created from the experience. But for some reason, I practice this, and my mind always goes into thinking when I'm in the shower. So it's one I'm going to try extra hard to practice this week. Does anybody have any questions about this? We gave you quite a bit of, med of information. Most of it's in our Meditation and Mindfulness text, so you can read more about it. Is it David? Yeah, when I try and do mindfulness, Tapa, I, I feel almost alienated from myself as if there's a separation from me and, and the experience. And it's quite <clears throat> unpleasant, so I, I, and it makes me a bit anxious. Have you, have you any insight into what's happening there? Or, or yeah, it's not what you think it is. It's not alienation from the experience. It's alienation from a habit you're used to. You're used to experiencing that as a habit in a certain way. That's the alienation because mindfulness is the opposite. Mindfulness is becoming closer to the experience, right? And so it's uh, like in the, the case of um, um, who was it talked about walking meditation? Oh, it was Haley talked about how she felt a little uncomfortable. It's the same thing. We have to imagine that, that intensity knob. And if you're feeling awkward, if you're feeling alienated, now the alienation is stronger for me when I practice mindfulness engaged with others, because you're used to being engaged in a, an almost stronger neurotic way with people instead of in this spacious way. And so 
that can feel a little strange. Now, if it does, you, you're practicing it too strongly at the beginning. Just turn the intensity knob down and just practice a little touch of it with everything. You have to get used to it. But I guarantee once you get used to the practice, it'll turn around and you'll get to the point where you're, you're more engaged because clearly you literally are. You're not thinking about other things. You're giving your full undivided attention to the experience, to the other person, to the activity, to whatever it is. So experiment with that and see how you, how you do. But I also experienced that when I first started practicing mindfulness. I felt awkward when I was walking. I felt a little awkward. I remember like doing something like cooking and I felt more prone to cut myself while chopping vegetables because we do these things habitually. But when you really put focus on it, like walking, and you and all of a sudden you you're gonna you, maybe you experienced this last week when you're doing walking meditation, and all of a sudden you ask yourself, how exactly do I walk? And you're not quite sure how to move your hips or because it's always been a habit. And then you have to kind of and it's temporary. You get through it, and then eventually you rediscover how you walk or how you do anything else. Thank you, David. Victoria. Thank you, Tampa. You're a little quiet. Can can you come a little closer? Yeah. I want to hear the. I want to have the full experience. Question. Is it better? Yeah. Thank you. All right. So I always come to things from a therapist mindset, and so I train my clients on how to be more mindful to reduce anxiety. Right. Yeah. So this is interesting to me because if they were more mindful always, they wouldn't commit anxiety to begin with because they would be more mindful and in the moment and it would reduce their, their worry and it would reduce their anxiety. Like they wouldn't get to that anxious point to begin with. Does that make sense? It so does. It's a lot more. It's a lot more peaceful way of being instead of. You know, so if they, if you're more mindful always, you don't mind worrying about walking present moment. So you're right, but the mechanism is a lot more complex than that. Mm -hmm. The reason why it's a more peaceful state of mind is because the opposite of mindfulness that mental busyness and confusion that's the source of so much of our misery right we call it samsara in buddhism so that mental busyness that you know that incessant mind that can't stop thinking which of course we all know is also a whole lot of self-criticism and everything else right and guess what we never choose it this is a mind that's out of, out of control. It's like a it's like a crazy child you can't control. It does whatever it wants to. It calls up painful memories in the past that we didn't ask for. It makes self criticisms that we know aren't true. It it just runs amok. Well, mindfulness is gaining control over that. And when you get good at mindfulness, you can actually choose what to think or even if to think at any given time. I can't tell you more about the peace that that brings you. When you gain control of that thinking process, 
And then those negative thoughts from the past, that negative self-criticism, it all starts to slowly fall away. So that's the real mechanism. And again, it works a lot with that idea that the mind can only focus on one thing at a time. And when you can be focused completely on the present moment or an activity, an object of mindfulness, then the mind doesn't have the resources to misbehave and drive you crazy. Thank you, Victoria. Jennifer? Um, I, I want to share my, my experience with um, being mindful and meditation in the shower because um, I, <laughs> I, I, I created this practice for myself before I even knew what mindfulness was. So it's very interesting that we're talking about this now. Um, when, I, when I served in the Marines and I was deployed to Iraq, the only place to have privacy was in the, in the bathroom, in the comfort trailers, in the, in the shower. And it is when you're in that environment, you're you're beat up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And um I I started to honor my body in the shower by saying, you know, this is the place where I can rest and say thank you, body, for sustaining everything that that you've been dealing with throughout this day. Thank you, mind, for keeping myself and my marine safe. Thank you, arms. Thank you, legs, you know, and, and that helped me navigate that environment. And, and it's so it's so I'm in awe that we're, we're having this discussion today and know that those uh, practices were so beneficial. And, and now I can still continue to do that now. And so, guess what mental function allowed you to do that? Mindfulness. It's mindfulness, maintaining present moment awareness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any time, like sitting in the room right now, if you look across the room and, and fixate on something, mindfulness allowed you to do that. The mind can't fixate on anything. The, that function of mindfulness allows you. I'm looking across the room at a light switch on the wall. Mindfulness allowed me to pick that out from everything else in the room. And mindfulness right now is allowing me to stay on it without moving around. So that's yeah, quite extraordinary. Last question, Ian or comment? Uh, I noticed that um, particularly at Hang's Plum Village, they have a practice where they ring a bell uh, um, quite regularly throughout the day. <laughs> and then they, they pause, they stop whatever they're doing, uh, and then return to what, what they're doing. It's a way of um, returning to mindfulness so that they're not acting like an automaton. And they uh, call it like, the mindfulness bell, right? The mindful yeah. bell, yeah. Yes, is that a practice you might recommend for for us using sure. our lives? Sure. Well, we're, we're, well, we're gonna we're gonna actually get to that in a minute. But um, I've been to many of the Plum Village uh, 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 centers around the world, and um, at first it's so annoying because you you know you're meeting people like for me I'm meeting other monks for the first time and we're we're deep in conversation on some great topic, and all of a sudden this bell goes off. And everybody has to stop everything. And uh, I don't know, like three minutes you have to stop. And then it goes off again. And the whole time everybody's thinking about what they're going to say when the bell goes on again, right? But at the end, it, they, it becomes quite nice once you get used to it. Because you learn how to just kind of let go and be meditative. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a cool thing. It's, it's, I find it a lot of fun at Plum Village to do that, yeah. 
And sometimes teachers will just sit around with a bell and do it. So anyways, yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, well let's we'll talk about that. So uh and I don't want the class to be too long, so I'm gonna get back to some uh things. I wanted to talk about some obstacles uh to mindfulness. So well uh, many of these I've I've mentioned briefly just now. Um when first starting the practice of mindfulness, um Probably the greatest object, uh, obstacle, which is, I think, kind of funny and ironic, is the greatest obstacle to mindfulness is, for, is, is forgetting to be mindful. Right? It's forgetting to practice, right? So Anian kind of pointed to this as well. You could say that remembering to practice is the first aim of practice, of mindfulness practice. So... Uh, so in order to do that, we got all, there's all kinds of things you could do. You can, uh, stick sticky notes all around your house. I've had people that did this, you know, that say, that say mindfulness on them and just little reminders. Uh, there's a, a whole bunch of apps, including Plum Village has an app that does it for your phone that, that'll chime at chosen intervals. You can have it chime every 15 minutes and you know to be present, right? To help you stay on track. Another thing that I use that sounds a little weird, but it works really well. You can also use biological and emotional cues uh, from the body as reminders. So you can have like the arising of a desire, maybe an anxiety, emotion, or things like impatience, you can turn those all into little reminders, little bells that goes off. So uh, at a, say every time you feel anger, you, you get in the habit of knowing that's the time to practice mindfulness. Now, it actually, you can get in the habit of it pretty quickly. This works great for me, right? Um, or the desire for something, desire for food, desire for whatever it is, even sexual desire. When that pops into your mind, you identify it with mindfulness practice. So those are cues to be mindful. Anger is a great one, as you can imagine, because it's, it, it helps us to not be angry. But any of those things, uh, a growling in your belly for mealtime can be, can be that. So you can imagine so many different emotions and uh, so many different cues. All of the emotions can be used, etc. right? Um, other obstacles when practicing mindfulness is uh, feeling a bit spaced out, disoriented, or unbalanced. So we talked about this uh, briefly, and David mentioned feeling a bit disconnected. Uh, the solution, again, is not to apply your mindfulness too strong. Instead, begin with a soft and gentle approach. Imagine having that intensity dial that you can adjust to the occasion or situation. Start slow, and as soon as you become familiar with the practice, you can then slowly create more intensity of your application. Um, and we also have a couple other things to help you stay on track. One of them is uh, mindfulness affirmation. And we'll put this on uh, this. Um, we'll put this, how about if I put it on right now for you, but I'll make a, I'll, I'll put a meme in our social media for everybody. 
Um, so this is our mindfulness affirmation. Some of you who are already doing your daily affirmations with me will recognize it. It's part of our daily practice. And it says, today as I practice mindfulness, uh, today I practice mindfulness to develop my mind and its processes. A practice aimed at getting, gaining control over the thinking process, allowing me to be more consciously engaged with my environment. Today I will strive to remain aware of the stillness underlying the present moment, utilizing noting to reduce mind-wandering and mental and emotional distraction, while maintaining an objective distance, allowing space for understanding and skill. Today I seek to awaken from mundane, habitual, limited daily perceptions. So this is our daily affirmation, and it just reminds you each morning or whenever you use it, the practice itself, it reminds you of the practice, it reminds you how to practice. So that's very useful. The other thing we have is we have a, a three-breath meditation. So, so during your practice of mindfulness, you can also use this three-breath meditation which we learned in our first class, but this time we're gonna use it with a mantra. So uh, again, it's so simple. I usually will, will, I try to straighten my back wherever I am, wherever I'm sitting, try to straighten my back up a little, close my eyes, become really present, really focused 100% on my breath. And then as I breathe in, I say present. At the top, I say aware. And on my exhale, I say mindful. You want to try a couple? Okay, everybody, sit in a nice, get a nice posture, sit upright, close your eyes, and now take a nice deep inhale and say present silently. At the top, say aware. And on your exhale, say mindful. Let's do another. Present, inhale, aware, exhale, mindful. And one more, present, aware, and exhale, mindful. I find these really powerful. I have a whole bunch of different mantras that I use with the three breaths, but they're really cool. For me, they're always present and aware, and then I change the, the, the next word. Like sometimes I'll say present, aware, confident, present and aware, soft, present, aware, kind, and yeah, they were great. Okay, in closing, um, I want to remind you that the practice of mindfulness is simply learning to gain control over our awareness. It's to abide in a state of focused attention. As a function of the mind, mindfulness is comprised of both mental awareness and recollection. Whereas, as a practice, Mindfulness is comprised of presence and introspection. We talk about this in, the, in our text, Meditation and Mindfulness Basics. Within the practice, we utilize focus attention on the breath or current activity or emotion or whatever to keep us anchored in the present moment while using noting to help us maintain that state. But once achieved, we can then let go of all techniques and simply abide in that clear and spacious state.
Remember that the common aim of mindfulness is to become more consciously engaged in life, to become more skillful within our daily activities and interactions. Whereas the ultimate aim is to awaken, to awaken from habitual mundane existence, samsara, and to awaken to our true value, our true potential, our true nature, nirvana. I'd like everybody to continue to keep up your twice a day calm abiding meditation. Um, we have a new practice video for everybody to use, which I think is still the same practice video. It says it's a new one, but it's just a basic 20-minute calm abiding, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, that's available on all our social media. Uh, please review our chapter on mindfulness in our free text, Meditation of Mindfulness Basics, to really get some clarity on it. You can download it free from our website, sptonline.org. In next week's class, we are going to shift gears and learn an extraordinary meditation practice called insight meditation and we're going to be spending the next few weeks on insight meditation uh, which is a fascinating practice that utilizes contemplation analysis and experience to actively examine concepts ideas and phenomena in the pursuit of wisdom Always remember that our instructors are just a click away to help and support you. If you have any questions about your practice, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, I'd like to remind everybody that although our program is free, our group does rely on donations to continue its work. So if you're enjoying the practice and you'd like to see it uh, remained available to others, consider making a small donation at, at sptonline.org. Okay, with that said, let's end today's class as usual with our altruistic affirmation. May all be healthy, may all be prosperous, may all be well. May all be present, free of past regret and future worry. May all abide in constant appreciation, which is a source of great joy and contentment. May all realize their true nature and the true nature of reality, which is awakening. Thank you all for coming. Don't forget to support our instructors in training by attending some of their makeup classes throughout the week. This is definitely a class that you could, you could use to listen to more than once. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. I had a lot of fun sharing this with all of you. And let's practice mindfulness this week. I can't wait to, uh, to see what you come up with. Please Post your experiences on the chat board. It becomes so fun when you get to, you know, to see how, what other people are doing. It turns into a really great group dynamic. So I really encourage everybody, share your experiences. I'd love to hear them. And I'll share if you share, I promise. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Uh, instructors can stay on. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, Tampa. Thank you. Thanks, Tampa. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Tampa. Anytime, you're welcome. Okay. Thank Bye -bye. you. Oh, you're welcome.